and welcome back with another episode of As Crime Goes By. This time we are discussing mass murderers. I'm going to be doing Richard Speck and Amy. I'll be doing Elliot Roger. Cool. So let's dive in, shall we? Yeah, let's go for it. So Richard Speck, he was born on the 6th of December in 1941 in Kirkwood, Illinois. He was the second youngest of eight children and he was raised in a deeply religious household. When he was six years old, his dad died of a heart attack. Three years later, his mum remarried to an alcoholic man. <laughs> it took a dark turn really quickly. <laughs> it sounded quite fine to, before then, didn't it? And then, oh, alcoholic man. Um, and he was the, essentially the polar opposite of Speck's dad. So his dad was like religious. He had, you know, he worked hard and he was generally tried to be a good human being. Stepdad, not so much. So um, the family relocated to Dallas after the... The marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, Speck was abused by his stepdad and as were his siblings as well. Mm-hmm. In his it's early... only getting darker, so... <laughs> oh, it's going to get worse than that. <laughs> Negri. In his early teens, Speck began to act out and he was arrested for the first time at the age of 13. Uh, he also used to drink from, I think, the age of 12, I think I saw. Um, at the age of 21, Speck married Shirley Malone and they had a baby girl called Bobby Lynn. Throughout his short marriage to Shirley, Speck was in and out of prison. Six and then six months prior to the uh, to the murders, uh, Shirley filed for divorce from him because he was just an asshole, mm. essentially. Not really there for the kid. <laughs> uh, what with him being in Nick all the time. <laughs> um, prior to the murders, but following the filing of the divorce, Speck got away with the uh, got away with a rape as well as beating a woman to death. How? Like, I mean, sorry, but if you beat a woman to death, like, how would you just get away with that? I saw, see, the, I had three articles open while I was researching for this, and I kept flicking between each three, like, going paragraph mm. to paragraph to try and match it up. None of them were very specific. I think one of them was just, like, he evaded questioning. And that was, like, as Excellent. Mo- that was the most specific. I probably could have found three better articles, but... I'd committed. <laughs> I'd done his childhood. Time was running short at I, that point. I, I mean, this was yesterday, so I was, like, <laughs> you know, commitment to the the podcast here. Um, after the murder um, of the woman that he beat to death, he fled to Chicago and stayed with one of his sisters. Once in Chicago, Speck knocked on the door of a communal home of a group of student nurses. Corzona Amororo, Gloria Davy, Patricia Matuzak, Nina Schmale... Pamela Wilkening, Suzanne Farris, Marianne Jordan, Melita Gargulo, Valentina Passion. 23-year-old Corzona answered the door and Speck forced his way inside with a gun. He gathered the women together, told them to empty their bags and proceeded to tie them up with strips of bedsheets. Over the course of the night, he beat, strangled and stabbed each woman before moving on to the next. At least one of the women were raped, but I haven't been able to find a clear answer as to which one that was. During the attack, Corazon, who had answered the door to Speck in the first place, managed to hide herself beneath a bed where she remained until the attack was well and truly over. Because of the number of victims, Speck didn't notice that one of them had disappeared. A while after Speck had left, Corazon climbed out of her hiding place and climbed onto a window ledge and screamed for help. Of course, neighbours heard her screams and immediately called the police. When being questioned by the police, Corazon mentions seeing a tattoo on Speck's arm which read, Born to Raise Hell, which he had gotten in prison. (laughs) Is that funny? (laughs) Well, what, like, a 
okay. one, Teresa. Maybe in prison, but you don't have to like try and prove like, you're hard, Richard. It's like getting like, that get love heart it. tattoo with like mom. Yeah. Written on it. It's the... So it was like born to raise hell, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm tough. Probably rode a motorbike as well and had his hair slicked back. Oh, he wishes. <laughs> Because of the tattoo and fingerprint analysis, which took about a week to come back back in the day, mm. Speck's face was quickly printed in the in newspapers and put all over the news. He attempted suicide once he saw his face in the news because he basically thought, shit. And that's what I look like. Fucking <laughs> Being I tough paper around for me. To be fair. I should speak. Have you <laughs> speak. <laughs> have you seen what he looks like? No. Not that hot. <laughs> well, I didn't think he was going to be fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, did I? <laughs> didn't think Brad Pitt was lining up to play him in the film. <laughs> Maybe an understatement on my part then. <laughs> so he'd, he'd attempted suicide by cutting his wrist. Um, but he was taken to the hospital because he once he'd done it, he kind of like changed his mind about wanting to die. Um, but subsequently, That's unfortunate. <laughs> Once you've slit your wrist, would have made things better for everyone else. Um, subsequently, he was arrested by the police once he got to the hospital because he was obviously recognised. Um, in hospital, he was watched over by twelve police officers to ensure that he didn't escape. Um, this was part in the knowledge of the murder that he'd committed prior to the mass murder. Mm. Um, because they were like, we don't want him to get a fucking way with it again, do we? At the trial, Speck claimed that he had no recollection of the murders, but having been deemed sane by psychologists, he did not manage to get away with it this time. During the ti- sorry, during the trial, Corazon asked if she could identify Speck as the murderer of her friends. She got up from her seat, walked right in front of Speck, and pointed to him, which is such a movie a moment. Ballsy move as well. It is, isn't it? Just because that would be a fucking terrifying experience anyway. But to walk right in front of him oh. and just like. I just imagine the silent movie moment where she just raises her arm like in a straight line and just... It was probably like a big fuck you moment though. Aye, like, yeah. I want you to fucking go down for this. <laughs> fuck you. Um, the jury deliberated for only 49 minutes, which I think is the shortest Jeez, we've had yet. That is the shortest it's we've quick. had. Um, and they found him unanimously guilty. Um, and they recommended the death penalty for him. Speck was sentenced to death by electric chair, but... Five years later, when he was still on death row, his death sentence was commuted to 50 to 100 years per victim uh, after the su- Supreme Court abolished capital punishment in the US. Just call it life. Like, and 50 no, to 100 I, years per seven I victims. find that hilarious, because we don't do that in the UK, do we? we no, don't do, we don't have We just that. say... Life without yeah, possibility of parole. Uh, you're not getting out, but you don't need 900 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You, you're just going to die in there, aren't you? Obviously. So he applied for parole seven times and was denied every time, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the first time he applied for parole, he was denied within seven minutes. Wow. Which is awesome. Another record honest. breaker. Uh, he likes breaking the records, does old spec. Oh. In prison, he was frequently caught with drugs and moonshine. And there was a video released after his death, um, but it was obviously while he was alive. Fucking <laughs> 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 <Okay, so. laughs> There's some, some X-rated videos going around that prison. Um, and it included Speck passing around money, oh, money and drugs, yep. And he was in the video dressed in women's silk underwear. Okay, he, sure. he had women like breasts from like hormone drugs that he'd acquired while in prison. Okay. So he developed like full on tits. Um, okay. He was taking cocaine and giving a blowjob to another inmate. Speck had oh. no fear um, 
basically because he's like, I'm in prison for life. You can't kill me anymore. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck are you going to do, essentially? So And he was quoted as being like, imagine what people would think if they knew what a fantastic time I was having in prison. Which is... Oh, great. Yeah, sickening. Fucking sickening. Um, and then on the 5th of December in 1991, the day before his 50th birthday, he died of a heart attack, just like his dad did. Oh, well, that's a crying shame. And you know, I'm usually sad for people who, like, died before the birth, just before the birthday or like what have you like William Shakespeare died on his birthday aye that's really sad but poor you know Shakespeare what? but do you know what spec William didn't go and kill like seven lasses for no reason no so fuck you spec yeah absolutely fuck you you big old bellend aye arsehole Amy will you regale us my turn and we're definitely not lightening the mood with this one, so... Oh, what? I thought you were coming in as the comedy lightning no. back up here. No, no. <laughs> I'm discussing Elliot Roger. So, Elliot Roger was only 22 years old when he went on a rampage in Isla Vista near the campus of the University of California. Roger is one of the many boys who grew up with a privileged lifestyle. He was originally born in London, but moved to L.A. when he was six. His parents were in the movie industry, and his dad actually worked on the set of The Hunger Games. So, Oh, this is recent. Oh, you keep doing recent ones. Yeah, I know. I'm bringing it at you. Um, so, anyway, um, and Roger himself admitted that he did have a happy childhood, But, even at an early age, it became clear that he had some social difficulties and didn't find it easy to make friends. This was further exacerbated when his parents divorced when he was seven and he stated his trust was shattered by this. After the divorce, Roger's father tried to bond with him by playing computer games, um, but this just sort of ended up encouraging Roger's loner lifestyle Mm -hmm. and he ended up um, spending up to 16 hours a day in a virtual world he'd created for himself on the World of Warcraft game. Sounds like me with The Sims. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope this story doesn't end the same. I'm victim numero uno. Um, so, when he was 13, he viewed porn for the first time, and he said finding out about sex destroyed his life. Oh. Well, he's the ultimate incel, isn't he? He's like king incel. So, involuntary celibate. Yeah, they're a tragic bunch. Um, so in Sorry to any virgins listening to this. Nah, virgins is fine. But people who blame oh, their virginity... Voluntary. Yeah. Involuntary. So people who blame their virginity on the fact that women don't fancy them, you can piss oh, off with that. Oh, aye, you just try harder. Then you just shit. Aye. Um, so in high school, he felt inadequate and jealous that girls chose other boys over him. And that everyone else had sexual encounters where he did not. That makes it sound like they were rife. I mean, it's a high school. I don't know, but... Oh, yeah, because you didn't have sex in high school, Amy. No, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it wasn't like everyone was having sexual encounters. I I met you, like, quite swiftly after high school, and I feel like you had had sex prior. (laughs) Fair claim. (laughs) Big off Amy. Back to Elliot. (laughs) Um, so, as a teenager, his parents began to realise there was something not quite right with Elliot's behaviour. Mm. They spent a lot of time taking him to see therapists, psychologists, and trying all sorts of different medication. And whilst he would often make a show of wanting to get better, internally he was still full of rage. Um, basically, he was an injustice collector. So, he just thought, like, 
anything that didn't go his way in life was completely you know wrong against him like the whole world was against him just because like oh, one of those people girls didn't want to fuck him and that's their fault not his yeah and do you know what it's not like he was going out there and putting himself out there and being like hey like do you want to go on a date sometime like girls literally weren't aware of his existence because he just kept to himself and played world of warcraft for 16 hours a day so like how were they so they're not gonna just walk up to a boy that they don't know and be like hey Sex? Again, sounds like me playing the Sims. <laughs> Never a chance to meet a man. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I struck lucky. <laughs> so, at the age of 19, he moved to Santa Barbara in California uh-huh. and saw it as the last chance for the world to give him a better life. Awesome. What he you meant go by world. <laughs> yeah. What he meant by this was to lose his virginity. <clears throat> so the world owes him the loss of his virginity. Basically, yeah. You know, just any woman he happens to come across. Um, I was like, you know, prostitutes exist, right, Elliot? Like, you know, you've led a privileged lifestyle. Your dad was on the set of The Hunger Games. You could probably afford a 50 quid shag. <laughs> um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the going rate, but surely you'll get one for that I mean I wonder how much a prostitute is like yeah I mean you know I mean he's a virgin he's not gonna be it's like, particularly skilled just, they're not gonna charge him too much are they off topic I've seen things in <laughs> TV shows before and it's like a prostitute in a car and what have you and they're like oh 20 quid for a blowjob and I'm like I feel like that's pricey for a blowjob well I know because I do them for free <laughs> <laughs> If I could make 20 quid off a blowjob. Oh, wouldn't we all? I wouldn't be able to, would I? Because we've got a boyfriend, but... (laughs) Might be something for you to consider. Well, thanks. (laughs) Is that where I'm at in my sad single day? (laughs) Yeah, you are so single. Might as well make some money off it. (laughs) Start a business here. You know, so I'll get me accountant ready. Anyway. Sauce. Get back to the business. She was. He was. Yeah, no, not well, quite. But he was trying. That was, that was the wrong phrase to use. <laughs> Get back to the story. Story? The overview. The overview the, of the what overview? I'm talking about. The point? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, once he moved to Santa Barbara, he takes up residency in the student-heavy area of Isla Vista, um, and two boys, James Hong and David Wang, move in with him. So, almost immediately, Roger fantasises about killing them so oh. that he can have the house to himself to turn it into a torture and killing chamber. See, I was going to say, it sounds like me if I ever live with someone till we got to the torture and chilling kit chamber. <laughs> the chilling chamber. <laughs> the chill- I'd like a chilling chamber. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. What's your surname again? It's Roger, is it? I'm starting to think I might have issues. <laughs> Just keep me away from people in general. <laughs> feeling great right now (laughs) so a year later so on the 23rd of may 2014 Mm -hmm. roger acts out this fantasy by repeatedly stabbing both boys multiple times and eventually killing them oh i know we've taken a serious turn yeah well there was very little information like that's how i felt with speck it was like you moved to chicago and murder (laughs) happened no reason it just went down sorry you go you go um so, as well as this, so as well as the two boys being in the house, they also had a friend over, um, and 
Because he was also in the house, Roger did also knife him to death as well. Three birds, one stone. And kill well, three birds, one knife. Um so before this had happened, before this murder had happened, or before the start of his rampage, um, Roger had also collected three semi automatic guns legally, even with How? his history of mental health issues. How old is he? He's twenty two. Okay. But America, know. sort that gun thing out. Yeah, please. Um, so it's these that he uses to commit the rest of his massacre that he refers to as the Day of Retribution. So after this stabbing, Roger began his second phase, and in this he was going after any and all women as he wanted to take revenge on the female gender for not wanting to have sex with him. Well, fuckers, right? Well. He wishes. <laughs> yeah, he wishes not want to have sex with him, who he referred to himself as... A beautiful and magnificent guy. <laughs> Clearly very humble and not I at mean, all narcissistic. that would woo me in the club. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing as well. Like, sorry, if you're coming at a girl with that attitude, she's hardly going to be like, get in me. Aye, absolutely. Like, Piss off, Elliot. Be humble to an extent. Bag. In his sick head, Roger <laughs> has actually given all women a chance to make it up to him oh, by someone thanks. having sex with him by the 20th of July 2013. This of course, I know. Well, you know, I don't think he's all there with it. It's like you know, one piece missing of the puzzle, one pencil short of the pencil case, (laughs) one marble rolled away. Yeah, that's not one. Okay. Um, Anyway, obviously this hadn't happened, Uh, so that was when Roger became determined to take his revenge. Mm -hmm. So he drove to a sorority building that I don't know the name of. Oh, well um, researched. Thanks. Yeah, I know. Appreciate that. All right, spec. Um, <laughs> so that night he tried to enter it but couldn't. Instead, he shot at sorority sisters he saw walking down the street. So he killed two of them, Veronica Vice and Katie Cooper, and injures a third, Bianca de Coke. Del Rio? No, Bianca de Coke. <laughs> he was hit five times. So she survived, but it was still pretty brutal. This was the real aim of Elliot Roger. He then drove to the Isla Vista Deli that was only a short way away and opened fire. This was where he killed Chris Martinez before casually driving away. With six people dead, Roger continued to drive around the streets opening gunfire on crowds of young people out enjoying themselves on a Friday night. Something he had never experienced himself is what I've written. (laughs) So clearly I'm not a fan. (laughs) I must have just been getting more and more angry I'm as I wrote my notes. to them the more you a fucking loser. Um, I mean, here we are on a Saturday. <laughs> well, at least we're not driving round and round just shooting people. Like, we're doing all right. Um, so, obviously, by this point, he'd attracted the attention of the police. So, the police no were on So, Roger then drove past a police car and is non-fatally shot in the hip because all the police are now on red alert, so they've got their guns out looking for him. Mm-hmm. So they shoot at him, but they shoot him in the hip, and it's not it's not fatal. So before this murder, he'd written a manifesto of like, my twisted life, whatever. I don't know, some <laughs> angsty teenage bullets. On Bebo. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I think it was on Word. He just published it after. Uh. Um and in this manifesto, he had actually written that before, like, before his rampage, that as soon as he saw the first police car after him, he would drive away um, and end his life. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, actually what he did. So he was true to his word, at least. Um, so he drove... You could say that about him. He, yeah. 
He drove away, he crashed into parked cars, and he shot himself in the head, which ended his life. Oh, shit. Okay, that was abrupt. Yeah. No, that's it. That's all I've got after that. I mean, I could do the aftermath, but... I mean, what more is there to say? He's dead. Yeah. I think ending on the death of a murderer is a good ending. It is a good ending. Well, fuck. Glad you're gone, Elliot. You'd be rotten in hell. I both feel like I've heard about that before, but not in the detail you have, so maybe I haven't. But it was so recent. You've done some recent ones lately. I like that. Mixing it up. Aye, we are as crime goes by. Yeah. We need we hit every time period. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like to mix it up a bit. We need to delve into like the seventeen hundreds or some shit soon. I know. Well, maybe I'll have a H H Holmes one coming up soon. Who knows? Stay tuned. Do we? Oh yeah. So next episode, we're going to be discussing thrill killers. I'm going to be discussing Joanna Dennehy, and Amy will discuss. I will be doing BJ and Erica Sifrit. Awesome. Before we say goodbye, I would just like to say um, we have our Instagram page set up. So if you want to go and follow us and just get a heads up as to when an episode has just been released and maybe get a little hint as to who we're talking about and there'll be pictures of the killers and what have you, go and follow us. We are As Crime Goes By on Instagram. Shockingly. Yep, really creative <laughs> name there. Um, very to the point. We like to mix it up. We do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're gonna head to bed because it's quite late and we've had a fair bit to drink. So, yeah. good See night. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.